And welcome back, everybody, to the 94 Feet Podcast. Uh, we're going to resume talking about the situation at the University of Texas revolving head men's basketball coach. Formerly, Chris Beard has been succeeded by associate head coach Rodney Terry. Um, continue on to talk about some re- possible replacements and uh, carry on the conversation from there about Texas men's basketball. Um, so Underwood may be one that's another one that from Illinois that could be a, a big one for them to kind of pull there. Um, but really tough situation with Beard and, you know, the, the way that things were going. They had a great staff with him. Um, a really good roster this year. Excitement around the new arena. Um, it got real loud in there for the Gonzaga game and, um, tough to see it, you know, cause he was, he seemed to be a good guy and, you know, kind of, a get the, the students involved, you know, with the 360 student section and, uh, you know, passing out tacos on campus, trying to get everybody to fill it in every night. And he sold out the Irwin Center a few times last year doing that and, uh, you know, giving away tickets to the students and uh, putting tailgate parties out there and stuff. And, you know, during his, you know, year and one-third tenure there at Texas, he really did make some good strides um, for the Horns. And it's gonna be, it's tough to see him go, really, because the, the future was his for the taking and it looked like success was on the way, especially with how, you know, they beat Gonzaga and Creighton in the preseason. And um, their lone loss under Beard this year was to a good Illinois team. Um, things were looking up for the guys, and it's just, you hate to see it, really. it's It sucks. It's, there's just no other uh, words for it. It's just, it's terrible. Um, you know, really thought the guy was going to be great and uh, you just hate to see it Uh, moving on to the college football championship game that was played last night with TCU and Georgia Um, rough out there for the Horned Frogs losing 65-7 they were down I believe 10-0 and then they got to 10-7 um, looked like they had some momentum going offensively. Uh, held them to a field goal that last drive. And then uh, things got out of hand pretty quick by, uh, you know, mid-second quarter. It was 31-7. to And, you know, there was no signs of them stopping anything that Stetson Bennett and the offense were doing. So that was, that was tough to see. Um, you know, after... The Frogs had such a good season, winning the Big 12 regular season. They Their lone loss before that was to K-State in the championship game. And, um, you know, that was just an embarrassment on national television, unfortunately, for the Big 12 and for the Horned Frogs. Um, after such a big win against uh, Michigan on, in the uh, semifinal, just ran out of gas finally it caught up to them uh won a lot of close games this year at the end so they just finally 
ran out of gas and it was you know all too late for them and great season made it to the championship and that's about it and they'll lose Duggan to the draft and uh try to rebuild for next year and see who they bring back and see who they get in the transfer portal and what Sonny Dykes can do in his second year there but um maybe the college football playoff when it expands to 12 teams will kind of eliminate some of that uh, and what I mean by that is you know just having fluke championships and you know really you know making sure that there's an expanded field and then you end up with Georgia versus whoever the second best team is that year. Bama, Tennessee really got screwed this year with, you know, Hendon Hooker going down because they were the favorites for a long time. And, um, you know, that would have been a fun championship game. And I believe they still won their bowl game without Hooker. And, you know, they had a really good roster there. Um so that's really about it on that and you know as far as the horns go for uh, what they did this season in football um, it was up and down you know bad loss to Texas Tech early in conference play Um, tight loss to Bama which they really should have won when Quinn Ewers went down early, who was playing well at the time, um, stayed in it and lost by like two points with Hudson Card um, by a field goal there at the end. Um, you know, lost to TCU, obviously. Um, blew out Oklahoma in the Red River. They were really down this year. And then, you know, the Alamo Bowl loss to uh, Washington State was pretty ugly. Even though it was only a seven-point loss, it felt like more. They didn't have their top two running backs, Roshan Johnson and B. John Robinson, declared for the draft and left early. So you're left with them. Keelan Robinson, that's the running back three, and running back four, Kenneth Brooks who, you know, did serviceably, I guess you could say, but it really wasn't enough to make an impact on the game. Ewers and the uh, receivers were off. You know, they were all uh, just one step off every play, it seemed like. Um, You know, Worthy is going to be going to USC. Um Evidently, his attitude on the sidelines wasn't great during the game. I was in the building and upstairs, couldn't really see that, but had some crucial drops that may may or may not have lost in the game. Obviously, that's not just it, but they were in crucial situations and, you know, basically touchdowns that he dropped. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a tough off season, eight and five. For the horns. Um, Ewers has a lot to work on with timing with the receivers. Trying to f- replace Robinson's going to be rough um, at running back. And then trying to develop the corners and uh, rebuild the defense some. If, as we, I'm sure we'll lose some guys with Overshone and uh, Jameson and 
stuff like that. Um, they have their work cut out for them in the off season. They have Arch Manning coming in. Um, will he beat out Ewers? I don't think so. I mean, I think he could, but I think they'll redshirt and give Ewers one more year. Um, see what he does, you know. And, you know, if he slacks off and, you know, doesn't play well, he's going to get axed. And, you know, that's going to lead to uh, Arch Manning's era, you know, getting started earlier. So that's hopefully that'll light a fire under him and the Horns will play better next year, especially in conference play and, you know, have a run at the championship for the Big 12 and, maybe a run at the playoff, but they've got a lot of work to do before that's the case. Um, moving on to the NFL, of course, it's the playoffs now. Um, regular season just commenced this last weekend. Um, you know, you have the playoff brackets here. Kansas City's the number one seed in the AFC based off winning percentage. Um, after the Demar Hamlin situation, then you have the Bills and the um, Miami Dolphins there um, at the two-seven matchup. Miami without um, Tua, maybe without Bridgewater. <laughs> they may be running Mike Glennon out there. They may be running Skylar Thompson out there in Buffalo. Not great for them. Um, I would not run two out there if I was them either. Um, so I I think the Bills run away with that one pretty easily. They're at home going through the predictions here. Um, Bengals versus Ravens at the 3-6. Um, still no real status on Lamar Jackson if he's going to play or what's going on with him. I mean, if you're running Huntley out there, that's a loss for sure. Um, so I think Bengals will probably blow them out with Huntley. If Jackson plays, he may be hobbled. So I just don't feel good about the Ravens at all. Um, then you have Jacksonville at home at the 5-4-5 five, five versus the Chargers, which that should be the closest game of any in the, in the uh, AFC next week for the playoffs. Uh, Herbert versus um, Trevor Lawrence. Um, I'm taking the Jags at home, though. Minus three, I think. It's going to be close. Um, don't be surprised if the Chargers win, but um, I think Jacksonville's running on a high. They've won like six in a row playing at home. Chargers have been up and down all year. People are banged up. Mike Williams, Bosa, um I don't feel good about the Chargers. And, you know, with Staley, they're going to take some swings early on fourth downs that probably won't go their way, setting up the Jags in good field position. So I'm taking the Jags minus three. Eagles are number one seed in the NFC. Another, they'll have the bye. They'll have another, you know, some more time for Jalen Hurts to get more uh, healed up off his injuries. Um said he played last Sunday but he was hurting pretty good according to Sirianni so um you know their success depends on if he's out there or not um you know maybe they can win one playoff game with Minshew but I doubt that even happens I think he'll play regardless 
um, and who they'll get would be, um, you know, out of the three, six or the four five, probably. Yeah, probably the four or five, either Bucks or Cowboys, which is a tough draw, really, for the divisional round. Um, but we'll go through these. Um, 49ers and Seahawks. I think Niners, even with Brock Purdy, should take the Seahawks down, minus seven at home. Gino and them, you know, have been up and down all year. They're nine and eight or eight and nine, whatever they are for a reason. Um, Vikings and Giants with the three six. Vikings at home. Um Man, Vikings have been up and down, but I think they have too much on offense for the Giants to stop and the Giants can't keep up offensively. I'll take Vikings by 14 at home over the Giants. Um, and then the closest, another close one here with the 4-5 Bucks at home versus the Cowboys. Cowboys limping into the playoffs after how they played last week and the loss to the Commanders putting up a lone six points with only one really good offensive drive there at the end of the first half. Um and Bucks have been kind of up and down, obviously being eight and nine. They didn't start their, they didn't play their starters in well into the game. Um, you know, just really the first quarter and a half. And when they were out there, they looked pretty good. Um, you know, Brady turns it up for the playoffs. Um, I'll take Bucks minus three at home. Um, in a game for the Cowboys where McCarthy's probably fighting for his uh, his job, I think. You know, Jerry doesn't say that, but I think he is. You know, first-round exit with these guys um, after the season that they've had. You know, three years with McCarthy, I think he gets canned if he loses. Todd Bowles, he'll probably get a second season even if they lose. Just because they've had so many injuries... And uh, first season, you know, they, you, they're they probably going to have to make some adjustments, bringing Arians back into the fold or something, especially with the offense, how it was. Um, so a lot of work to do there in the offseason if that is their last game, but I think Bucks minus three. Um, had some job openings here on Black Monday. Um, Houston firing Lovey Smith after the game. Um, Nathaniel Hackett was fired a couple games ago for the Broncos. Arizona Cardinals fired uh, Cliff Kingsbury after three to four seasons of mediocrity to uh, shittiness, really. Um, so, big job opportunities open there, especially in Denver and Arizona. Houston is full rebuild. They'll have the number two pick in the draft. Um, A lot of work to do there in Houston. Um, And we'll continue on with our broken segments here, but we'll continue with the state of affairs with the Houston Texans job along with uh, a few other uh, NFL vacancies as we motor on here on the 94 Feet and Beyond podcast. Um, 
So yeah, Houston's got a lot of work to do this off season, trying to find a QB and just more offensive pieces, pieces on defense. I mean, they've got a lot of holes to fill. They were in a lot of close games this year, but they just they don't have the pieces to win that division right now, especially with the Jags and. I mean, even the Titans will figure it out, you know. Moving on to the coaching carousel, or to the QB carousel for the offseason. Obviously, Houston needs a quarterback. Um, Falcons, Jets, Miami, Raiders, um, Niners is kind of up in the air. We'll see what happens this uh, playoffs with Brock Purdy and Jimmy G. Um, So, Jimmy G... For starters, um, you know, looks like his time's done there in San Francisco, regardless what he does. Um, they they want to go with Trey Lance or Brock Purdy, you know, they've got them for cheap. Um, so it's a matter of where he goes. Jets, I think, would be good, or Raiders for him. Um, you know, they need need someone there to kind of orchestrate the offense and get the ball to playmakers, which he can do. Derek Carr. Uh, probably Miami if they're really, you know, if they're going to move off Tua or what happens with Tua if these head injuries remains to be seen. Um, Tampa Tom. Uh, he's either going to return, go to San Fran, which he probably would not do that. That would be a one-year rental to kind of coach up one of the young guys. Raiders have good pieces there for him, ready to win. And then Miami, if they want to do a one-year rental on him to see um, about Tua. Baker Mayfield stay in um, in Los Angeles and back up uh, Stafford and or start for him until he's able to recover off his injuries and whatnot. I think would be the best move. Tannehill, don't know. Don't care too much. Maybe Falcons. He's got some t- some gas left in the tank, so we'll see what happens there. Um, last but not least, your SCAC update. SCAC Men's Basketball Division Three. Um, leading the way for the last couple of years is St. Thomas. They're at 6-0. and um, Then you've got 5-1 and Centenary, home of the ladies and gents. 5-1 and Colorado. Um, saw them take down Shriner at Shriner New Year's Eve. Um, Trinity 4-2, Texas Lutheran 4-2. Shriner two and four, Southwestern one and five, Austin College one and six, University Dallas zero and seven. Um, Looking at Shriner this year, so far they started off pretty good. I think six or seven and zero in pre-conference, playing some pretty decent opponents. Um, They just don't have that guy right now to go get a bucket at the end of the game. I think Camden Ross is a good, good player. Um, you know, he's been SCAC player of the week a couple times already, halfway through the conference season. Um, Bo Cervantes, point guard, um, looks solid. Um, 
Alex DeHoyos, the fifth-year senior, is coming off the bench for the Mountaineers. Solid player, but not getting too many minutes for some reason under Coach Rock. Um, Post plays decent down there with 55. He's just a little undersized for a lot of the league, I think. They're going to have tough sledding most of the season. Um, Hopefully they can get to 500, but I don't know. They just don't have, you know, maybe Dylan Mackey and uh, Camden Ross can be that guy to step up at the end of the game and get you a bucket, but it's hard to say. So I think it's going to be tough sledding by the looks of how they've played up to this point in conference play. And then kind of how they uh, limped into conference play with a few losses there towards that. Um, so we'll see what happens, obviously. But I don't have a whole lot of hope for them at this point. I mean, I hope they do well and I hope they get back in it. But those top teams are good, I know. St. Thomas has been a power since they've joined a few years ago. Ladies and gents of Centenary are always good. Colorado's always solid. They took us down at home um, in a game that Shriner really choked away at the end. Should have beat them. So, I mean, they can compete with these guys, but it's a matter of can they close out games or not. Um, Trinity by by Jimmy Smith is going to be tough to compete with, and then Texas Lutheran's been solid the last few years, and then under first-year head coach Austin Falky off to a good start in conference play. So... Should be a competitive um, race down the way in the SCAC, um, especially with those top four to five teams there. Hopefully Shriner can get back up in there, but it's going to be tough sledding at two and four midway through the conference season. Um, You know, um, just looking at the rest of the way for... um, the SCAC, it's it's going to be tough for them to get back in it, but I hope they do. Um, well, guys, you know, this first show back of the year, probably a little rusty. Sorry about that. You're stuck with just hearing me for this one. Um, we're going to get some other, you know, guys back in the fold as the year goes on and, you know, um, as the show kind of gets back up and running. But as always, we thank you for listening. Thank you to our affiliates at iHeartRadio, um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Chromecast, all of those um, for distributing us. And uh, hope you all will continue to follow the show and uh, – Give us some likes and some subscribe to us there. Um, we'll, we'll start doing some Facebook Lives and things of that nature as we get back up and going. Um, if, you, if you ever want to be a guest on the show, please reach out um, You know, via social media. Or if you have my number, go ahead and reach out. Um, we'll see if we can get you on. Should be able to. Shouldn't be a problem if you do want to get back in or um you know returning customers are always great but um you know if anybody who's never been on would like to join please reach out but um again thanks for listening um we'll try to get back on the horse and get this going every week 
Um, you're listening to the 94 Feet and Beyond podcast with your host, Sam Berg, with your local coverage of um, all your local sports teams and then everything abroad, everything under the sun. We specialize mostly in basketball and football, but we do talk about everything else. So uh, get your topics in. We'll try to address them. And we look forward to seeing you on the live feeds and your views on our shows. And just thank you very much. Happy New Year, and we'll see you next time. From all of us here at 94 Feet and Beyond, thank you, and we'll see you, t- we'll see you soon.